how far along are you? 21 weeks. Mm. Is this your first? Yes. Oh. Have you thought of any names? Um, Junior, if it is a boy. Uh-huh. And if it's a girl, Junior. Oh, those are nice. So, how about Alex. you? Excuse me. Good luck. Thank you. Junior would be good. Junior's good. Everybody. Welcome to episode 124 of Vague Zone. I am Daniel. I'm Thomas. Today we are discussing Ivan Reitman's 1994 comedy, Junior, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Danny DeVito, and Emma Thompson. Yeah. Uh, before we get into the discussion, Thomas, will you read for us the synopsis? Yep. So this is also our final entry on Man Playing God. Yes. This is Daniel's choice. We'll get into that in a moment. Playing but Junior, 1994. Rated PG-13, my favorite rating to say out, because I just love saying those things together. As part of a fertility research project, a male scientist agrees to carry a pregnancy in his own body. Mm-hmm. Uh, brought to you by the same big three team that gave us the film Twins from 1988. Yes. Which I haven't seen. Have you seen Twins? Yeah, I saw that. Uh, for the first time a couple weeks ago but before we get into that i want to ask you why did you choose junior (laughs) i had never seen junior and i mean we're talking about playing god just the idea of uh creating life (laughs) in a way that uh is an abomination to god perhaps (laughs) um a a beautiful or or incredible (laughs) uh you be the judge but um yeah, I've just always been curious about this movie. Um, I heard it was terrible. I was anticipating terrible. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to give it a shot. The poster um, is fucking amazing. <laughs> Danny DeVito is just so... This The poster is just... I, I think I need to own this poster. Do you? <laughs> yeah, I, no, I do. Like, I definitely need to have this like in my studio. <laughs> like, I yeah. want that so bad. Bring a woman over and... Sure. <laughs> like, yeah, this is my room. Yeah. It's like, so if you're not into this... <laughs> This is kind of what I'm all about. (laughs) Yeah. This is like all of my political views and film views and values all wrapped up into one. Uh, So, yes, with that as our lead in, what did you think of Junior? Yeah, I was into it. I, like I mentioned a moment ago, I watched Twins for the first time like a month ago, just very randomly. It was on Netflix. I was figuring why not just smoke a little and watch an 80s comedy uh, Schwarzenegger and DeVito, DeVito and Ivan Reitman. So I was like, this has to be great. This has to be a classic. And I wasn't really into it. I think the issue I have with uh, Twins is d- the central plot and the deceit of it, like the whole setup, involves Danny DeVito deceiving and lying to Arnold Schwarzenegger the entire movie and kind of like playing on the fact, oh, he's like a big, dumb meathead. I'm going to use him to get girls, use him to like be successful or whatever. And that sort of plot, I wasn't into. I was like, this isn't fun. You're sort of lying to him. This is, yeah. you're, it's uh, one of those like comedies based on, like, you know, we're going to be sneaky and it's going to like treat you like shit the entire yeah. movie. And, and a lot of gags based off of that. You were in on the live, but you didn't want to be in on the live. Correct, yeah. And it's like playing, or it's Arnold playing a dumb character. And I yeah. much much more enjoy when he's playing characters that are smart and capable and like here he's so many fantastic like amazing line deliveries one of which is my favorite but I, I feel like is a reference to twins when he's like you were trying to manipulate me and he's like it's danny just like just buzzing around him like trying to convince him to to do the pregnancy um yeah i love this i really enjoyed it um i think this is yeah it's weird this is like the lower rated one and the one considered not as much of a success because i feel like this is the film that is much more valuable and has aged better and is much more thought-provoking <laughs> has much more to say and is a much more valuable thing <laughs> than twins because here we have this whole male pregnancy thing got this gender play the whole thing about like who's playing what role between him and emma thompson's character and 
it's very fascinating. And then this whole third act thing of him going to where where it goes is very interesting. And I think it's uh, yeah, it's a, it's a weird one. It's a weird one, but a good one. Yeah. I uh, also really enjoyed it, which I wasn't <laughs> expecting to. Uh, this movie has a 4.7 on IMDb. It has a 2.2 on Letterboxd. Yeah. I don't recall what it has on Rotten Tomatoes. Let me look it up real quick. I want to say it's in the 20s. <laughs> oh, it's a 39% on Rotten Tomatoes. Only 36 yeah. reviews, but 22% audience score. So people don't like this movie. Yeah, and <laughs> Twins and the Kindergarten Cop have like a 6. So those are kind Ooh. of like, oh, they're, they're bad, but they're still sort of at least slightly better rated yeah sort of like maybe more nostalgia and shit but this one i feel like is sort of lost in that like i want to say that this movie uh requires like a, a reevaluation by our culture <laughs> but <Yes>. uh letterbox <laughs> is kind of new and so like these are people rating it recently um yeah, yeah. yeah because i find this movie so interesting that okay uh i was reading about um Arnold Schwarzenegger said that one of the reasons he came on to do it is because it was going to be like a very pro woman movie. And like what sold him is this idea that it takes the world's strongest man to be a mother. (laughs) Uh, It takes the world's strongest man to do what a woman can do. Um, Amazing. So I already find that really (laughs) fascinating. I think it's probably, it might be his best performance that I've seen from him because we get to see him play an incredibly like at the beginning he's pretty stoic uh but then over the course of the movie he becomes very vulnerable in touch with his emotions Uh, yeah the whole hormonal mood swings he gives birth in this movie um and what i also find it very fascinating that this movie has such a bizarre uh concept but it plays it pretty straight and earnestly and it's kind of sweet and touching yes, at yeah. times. It's not just like they took this ridiculous concept and then filled it with gags because they could have done that. Um, yes, no, yeah, they actually yeah. tried to. They like, I don't know. It's it's really interesting to me the tone. Um, and then yeah, yeah, I agree. I absolutely. Emma agree. Thompson is operating at a level that is so above what everyone else is doing. It's kind of weird. Yeah, um, her character. I want to talk about her for a second because I think her character is like, at when it, when she first appears on screen, I was like, oh no, I'm worried she's going to be kind of falling into these tropes. But then as it kind of progresses, it movie kind of like suggests her and puts her in this role as like the bumbling scientist male kind of deadbeat father sort of when she's like not picking up the phone and Arnold's like kind of like struggling emotionally like looking for like that connection and she's just like totally not picking up there's like an amazing shot which is like the most 90s thing ever he's leaving her fucking voicemails and we have a camera pan on the voicemail machine like as like there's rain on the outside it's just like a totally 80s 90s vibe of just like he is this forlorn lover trying to get back to like this person and she's just like munching on apples and like just like doing science stuff i'm like yeah she just plays the role very nicely yeah um but yeah i, I think the last thing that i'm sure we're going to talk about is it's super queer <laughs> like it is a yes, very yeah. queer movie like yes. it takes place in san francisco um we got arnold schwarzenegger and danny devito conceiving a child together i guess you could say uh they are uh, arnold schwarzenegger moves in with danny devito so danny devito can supervise because they're scientists it's you know the narrative justification is there's is that they're scientists but the way that they're operating is essentially they're a couple experiencing pregnancy (laughs) um and then even like yeah you mentioned emma thompson her character even feels kind of queer like this um I don't know this she's attracted to a pregnant man uh yeah. she is this bumbling scientist uh like she's never danced before like she isn't fulfilling these sort of uh traditional concepts of femininity um, yeah she's playing the role from uh a few couple movies ago uh man falling in love with a robot and he's like the stumbling like it's that role Wait, which, which movie her. is this <laughs> uh it's a man he falls in love with the robot um Oh, 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 electric dreams. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's exactly it that. It is a it's little like electric dreams. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, 
And so I, I feel like this movie requires a reevaluation. <laughs> like, yeah, it's yeah. This would so be a great one to to lateral over to Gavin's. Is it still good podcast? Was it ever good? Was this ever good? Yeah, it needs a, a, a double reevaluation. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, go ahead. Take it away. <laughs> um, yeah, I want to talk about Danny DeVito a little bit. I think he, yeah, he's he's great in this movie, and I do appreciate yeah the fact that we sort of get to have him be more of the nurturing role, even though he's still kind of a, a cigar smoking scumbag. Yeah, he's a little douchey at times. Yeah, he's, but he's still he's he's in charge of two pregnancies. Like he has his own wife and he has Arnold Schwarzenegger to deal with. I feel like they upped his level of douchiness to sort of provide this contrast of him being more, you know, quote unquote traditionally masculine in a way. Like he's yeah. complaining about women and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I don't know to contrast against this, you know, super mensch, uber mensch. <laughs> yeah, who is uh, you know got a got a bun in the oven. Yeah, and I think it also, yeah, it's, um, yeah. Doctor Larry also kind of plays into that um, demasculinization kind of thing because the whole I, the whole plot of his ex-wife Angela getting pregnant by someone in Aerosmith is like this whole idea yeah, of like he was cuckolded by someone else and he's like throwing darts at the Aerosmith poster. I'm just like, what the fuck is going on in this movie? Like it's so 90s, but it, it works very well because he's throwing darts at each face because he doesn't know which one <laughs> that's <laughs> a very pregnant. bizarre plot line <laughs> yeah yeah but it totally works because he's just like yeah just very angry at this band that's traveling around the world also uh, a quick nerdy thing uh the actress that plays angela pamela reed she plays leslie nope's mother in parks and recreation is another oh okay. I, was, I, I was i saw her i was like i feel like i recognize you vaguely from from a tv show i've seen much later um yeah, I just find their dynamic really interesting and really nice. And I love when he finally moves back in with him sort of towards uh, the 45 minute mark when he kind of doubles down on taking the, the drug. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I really, yeah, I think the movie really kind of kicks off when they fully embrace it. And then they get to the point where we get to have him physically showing the pregnancy. Then we get to like involve like the practical effects of like the scene, like the, the baby kicks, like really caught me by surprise when they have like little like <laughs> that is a CGI baby Arnold thing, that <laughs> dream sequence. Yeah. My God. Also, I was surprised <laughs> I haven't seen that everywhere. Like that yeah, was the yeah. first time I'd seen that baby dream sequence. And it's like, how is this not just a meme that I'm constantly seeing? Yeah, definitely. Very, very strange. Very bizarre. Because, yeah, Arnold has one of the best faces in movies of all time. There are so many moments from this that you could pull and just throw up somewhere out of context. And it would be so... Just him in the hospital bed holding the baby being comforted by Emma Thompson. (laughs) Um, So strange. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to... I'm looking through my notes here. I have just DeVito complimenting Arnold's load (laughs) (laughs) very crude yeah i do appreciate when the movie does kind of just get a little crass with it like yeah give him a urine sample and it's just like a massive beaker full of urine it's like yeah he's Arnold Schwarzenegger he's a a humongous man of course it's it's weird when the movie decides to have gags uh because there aren't that there aren't i feel like uh the dance scene with emma thompson is one of the first well, actually, I guess the the dream sequence is kind of intense, but like the dance scene, it feels like it's the first sort of aggressively. This is trying to be comedic, trying to be silly moment uh, with yeah. her. Ab- they're they're meet cute too. Also, when she like rolls in on the the large. Crane. Oh yeah, yeah. But I don't know that it's more slapsticky. Yeah, her. I don't know something about her with the toilet paper on her shoe and then kicking her shoe yeah. off. I was like, this is a little much. Like considering how he's mimicking it, yeah. considering how like so much of this movie feels sort of sincere, like I feel like you could have just had the comedy play out of two people having never danced with each other. You don't need all of that. Ex- you don't need to be so extra yeah. about it. Yeah, uh, correct. But also, yeah, it's movie, fucking junior. <laughs> like, yeah, this movie has a lot of great like lines in it, but also with these subtle, not subtle, sorry, the slapstick gags. I think those also sort of take it to this really cool. Uh, weird territory a moment i really like is when they're having this romantic dinner and the camera's panning from uh, right to left and we start on this couple with a lobster tail on their 
on their table and the waiter picks it up he's like oh i'm so sorry and then he walks it over back to diane in alex's table and like and gives her back the lobster claw and it's kind of she's like oh sorry i like clearly she flung it across yeah, the room that's I'm interesting like, that's we're getting yeah. the punchline but not the setup <laughs> yeah yeah um, and it's like yeah it's also like a camera movement tied into this character so it's all it all kind of it's motivated it's not just randomly so i'm like okay i'm happy with that that works for me i'm totally into that kind of stuff um a line I think that is really funny that caught me off guard. Um, towards the end, we have uh, haven't really mentioned Frank Langella mm-hmm. as the uh, FDA villain. I think he's playing a great straight man, straight role in this. Um, later, he finds out that they're sneaking this sort of experiments going on and he alerts the press to sort of get ahead of it sort of like being like hey like i have like this big medical thing <laughs> and then frank uh, sorry then danny devito character his arri- he, his he, yeah his character arrives with his pregnant mm-hmm. wife and the person in the crowd is like you promised us this, you promised us a pregnant man <laughs> it's just, it's, i just that person that was having a terrible day yeah he was promised a, a pregnant man <laughs> he was not given one yeah, so I like this movie because it feels like it's in a weird era of mid-90s. It feels like a movie from the 80s. I feel like this obviously could yeah. have been conceived within the same coke-fueled bender that Twins was sort of conceived in. I wouldn't be surprised but, if it took years to get off the ground. <laughs> yeah. Um, You're like, well, we'll do Twins. Twins is a sell, but Junior, that's a little harder for a sell. Okay, other weird things I have written down in my notes. Uh, the Monkey or the chimpanzee that they're yeah. trying to get pregnant at the beginning. Uh, just keep showing up. It's a recurring character. Yeah. Uh, it is part of the lore of Junior. Shows up to Arnold Schwarzenegger's birthday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Emma Thompson casually mentions that she was in love with her cousin. Yeah, you remember this? that's very strange. Yeah, very strange. Um, let's see. Um, I love the whole section when they go to the retreat and they like dress him up in drag. Yeah. <laughs> like he has this whole sequence where he's like, I was an uh, athlete in Austria or whatever. And then they, they, they lied to us about the steroids and now clearly the effects. And she's like, no, you're beautiful. You're all woman. And there's actually a line that I thought was pretty sweet when um, she basically is consoling everyone in this therapy session. And she's like, there is no standard. There are no naturals. Like there's no one that's naturally good at this. And there's no standard for what a person sort of can get into this role. And I think that's incredibly beautiful and incredibly progressive for like, a movie. You know, Looking at letterbox <laughs> yeah. reviews of this, I, I, I sorted by top because you could easily scroll through and find plenty of, find plenty of negative ones. Um, yes, so yeah. I scrolled to see the high, highest rating first. And um, I was seeing a lot of trans people in there uh, talking about yeah. how they found found this oddly touching and they found themselves connecting with it in different ways. Uh, yeah, I, I could totally see that. Because yeah. uh, it's Arnold fucking Schwarzenegger who <laughs> yeah. became governor of California at one point and struck <laughs> down gay marriage twice. Uh, oh, that, that's just true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. However, I mean, he did, like, he had a mixed, he had a pretty mixed... Uh, record he he did pass a lot of stuff that was uh you know uh pro lgbt and but but he also struck down gay marriage twice which is yeah pretty pretty severe um yeah yeah i do remember that being just like a very bizarre era just even like being younger being aware of like politics as a thing but then also being like, I, I, I don't know what this monster is, but I'm aware enough to know that what's happening is very strange and an outlier. Like, there's a action star running against a porn star, um, which oh, is yeah, way fun everyone, of, in, uh, in Parks and Recreation. <laughs> I think, like, Jello Biafra from the Dead Kennedys was like, he had to announce he wasn't running <laughs> because people thought he yeah. was. Yeah, I just know, like, yeah, like that 2004 or 2007 was just like, madness just absolutely i mean the madness has madness. ceased oh no it's only it's, it actually it goes to 11 actually yeah. we found a way to make it go higher yeah. Um, um yeah i've been watching a lot just for more context i've been watching a lot of uh tough guy films this year but recently i've sort of gotten back to arnold schwarzenegger i was watching a lot of stallone earlier mm-hmm. this year um yeah i'm starting to get more on team schwarzenegger because yeah. he has just so many classics and so many weird movies like this in his like filmography just watched uh, conan i'll talk about that later but um after watching like conan the barbarian 
in Terminator, after like rewatching those movies, um, watching something like this is really awesome because it does show this am like amazing range that he's able to do. And yeah, when you get to the end, I love the moment when uh, Danny DeVito's character uh, leaves him. I keep saying Frank, like he's not Frank from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. He's Danny DeVito. <laughs> uh, he leaves him at his office and he like sits him in his like the little lobby and he just like makes eye contact with all of the women around him. And then we cut back and then they're all just like buzzing around him asking about his pregnancy. And it's just like this great moment where, uh, yeah, it just feels very natural and it feels very like, I don't know, he sells it like sells it naturally in a way that's just nice to see killed it yeah could you imagine yeah. uh sliced alone in this role no i don't think so i <laughs> yeah, couldn't imagine sylvester stallone and and sylvester stallone like that first rambo movie i remember being so impressed with his performance in there because yeah i always knew rambo in pop culture as just this this meathead who fires a bunch yeah. of guns off with his shirt off and then uh, you watch Rambo and you're like, oh, no, this man has PTSD. And it's like incredibly <laughs> yeah. traumatic for him. Um, yeah. And he does a great job. But I don't know if he really did. He didn't really have any uh, notable, like, comedic performances. He was in Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think he more like more or less just took himself very seriously. And, and I think he <laughs> saw painter. himself more of, like, more in, like, the Robert De Niro sort of mm. lane of just, like, I'm going to do the muscle thing and the acting thing, but to take it very seriously and be very sober about it. Um, yeah, I think it's, I think both of these actors have really great careers and a lot of stuff to like. Um, but it's like, I got asked recently, someone was like, do you think Sylvester Stallone is a good actor? And I'm like, yeah, like if you've seen Rocky and if you've seen Rambo, you will be convinced that he's a fantastic actor. Even later on, if you watch, uh, like, the Rambo in Cambodia is like, I think he, he's pretty good. It's pretty fucking violent. But he's, guys he, throw it out, right? Yeah. He's pretty great in that movie and he's also pretty great in Creed. So he's still able to sort of have those dramatic chops. So I think, yeah, he definitely has that longevity, but looking at Schwarzenegger, I'm just like, he's takes more weird risks and has more like movies that are just like, what the fuck is this? And yeah. I appreciate that, that oddness Risks stuff like, yeah. yeah. Taking risk is a good, like, I, I just watched this making of Batman and Robin thing the other day. And it's like, <laughs> Mr. him as Mr. Freeze is so bizarre. But uh, he, yeah, was, love he it. was saying that, um, oh gosh, who directed that? Was it Joel Schumacher? I think uh, so. Yeah. That he came up to him and was like, I only, I, I'm only going to do this movie if you agree to be Mr. Freeze. And then he was, and then he was like, well, now I have to do it. Uh, yeah. I, I was just going to like make, prevent this movie from being made just because I don't want to be Mr. Freeze. He's like, no, I've got to do it. Uh, it's not fair. It's not fair for the people. Yeah. What a weird yeah, success story of being like, I'm going to be the greatest bodybuilder and then I'm going to be an action star. <laughs> then I'm going to be, you know, comedic family man. And then I'm going to yeah. be the governor. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually really stoked. There's a, a Netflix documentary coming out about him. And it's from the people that made The Defiant Ones, which is the documentary about Dr. Dre and uh, Aftermath and all of those people, which is a fantastic documentary. For, if you're a hip-hop nerd, music nerd, highly recommend that. But they're going to do that for Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I'm really stoked for that because there's so many eras, so many <laughs> so many chapters of this man's life. Even the trailer got me pumped. Ups and downs. Uh, yeah, well, ups and downs. Zigs and zags. Um, um, let's see, what else about this? He yells, my body, my choice, at one point. Yes, yes, have to point that out. <laughs> After yeah. throwing yeah, Frank Langella into a bunch of beakers. Yeah, I actually love that progression of scenes. Like, when he goes back and he... Uh, reveals to Diana that Diana is the it's her Very egg weird. that has been fertilized. Yeah, um, and, yeah and then she sort of goes goes on this like rant about like pregnancy was this thing that was owned by women. Yeah, it was like a women only thing, and, too, yeah. and, and she was like, "That's so male of you to take that away." And I was yeah. like, "That's a really interesting kind of like train of thought." And I was like, "Yeah, this is this movie needs to be like projected in theaters." It's right yeah, now. it is. We need to have, yeah. It's. It is all over the place, it feels like. Yeah. Uh, because before the My Body, My Choice thing, there's a moment where uh, Danny DeVito talks about, like, how basically we should have had, we should have had an abortion. Like, we shouldn't have gotten this yeah, far. Yeah. And then he's like, don't say that in front of Junior or something along yeah, those yeah. lines. And so it's like, okay, now we're... It, it, it's straddling the line between, like, pro-choice and pro-life in a very interesting way. Um, yeah. 
like what you just said about what Emma Thompson said, like very interesting how also, however, it also could be seen as like kind of a turf thing. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, so I don't know. Interesting, interesting conversations to be had here. Yeah. That's why I think her character is incredibly fascinating in this movie because when they're at the retreat later on, they're having a conversation when they're totally down to go forward with the pregnancy. And she's like, first of all, she's like, I'm not going to, for the first thing she says, she's like, I'm the mother and you're the father. She yeah. like lays out the roles very plainly. And then she's like, I'm not going to have a kid with someone I haven't had sex with. Yeah. So we're going to have sex now. Sex and I was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, I was like, what? Why, did, why <laughs> did we see that scene? <laughs> Like, let's give us the hard. We should have had that, <laughs> and it should have been like a really tender, like, yeah, yeah, damn it, yeah. <laughs> Supposedly, this movie had yeah. an abortion in it at one point, and they had to cut it out and do Whoa, and do man. extended reshoots. I don't know if that was at the end. Uh, I don't know how where it would have factored in, but yeah, I don't know. I think right now it works very nicely because you have the dual sort of birthings kind of happening uh-huh. at the same time and. I don't know. I, I think it, it works very nicely. And then <laughs> Caught me that, by surprise. You get that joke at the end about, like, maybe Danny DeVito will be the one to have the next kid. <laughs> now it's your yeah, turn. Where they've created a world where men can get pregnant. I think that, yeah. honestly, like, that would be huge for, like, women liberation. <laughs> like, yeah. like well, I've been chatting with some friends about how they need artificial wounds where you just like sling a backpack on and you can grow a baby uh, because death stranding. Yeah. Like it, pregnancy is not like it, it does wild things to a woman's body, uh, to her yeah. hormones. Uh, it is dangerous in the United States <laughs> to be pregnant. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's getting very barbaric yeah. these days because of the politics. When I was a young man, when I was a young man in college, and the first time I found out what birth control does to a woman's body, I, like my jaw dropped to the floor. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, like it's crazy. It's, it's rough. It's rough. And it is very important that like this conversation continues in an uncandid and very, sorry, in a candid way in a, or sorry, uncandid in the way where we can sort of be transparent and not be afraid to have these conversations because people are literally dying and putting their lives on the line cross cross state borders cross state lines just to have kids and it's fucked up we need the backpack womb or just putting it in uh part of a man's gut i guess i was really curious about the i wanted to know more about the mechanics of how this worked (laughs) because it's like what if you had a miscarriage like yeah like yeah, it's a lot of um, a lot of questions. I was like, I don't want to. They said that deep. like <laughs> they, at one point, Danny DeVito says like, "Oh, we'll uh, eliminate the embryo, and then your body will reabsorb it." Yeah, <laughs> it's like, maybe. <laughs> really, I don't know. It's like there's some things you can techno babble away. There's some things you can't techno babble. Yeah, I, I wish we had a little more science here. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do appreciate, just from a, a screenwriting nerd thing, uh, Arnold's character is Dr. Alexander Hess, or he, so when Alexander goes into the retreat, they can still remain as Alex. Um, it can sort of be a, a gender-neutral name. And I was like, oh, that's very clever. You snuck that past me. Or maybe it's early in the morning, and I'm still waking up. Um, what else? There's a man in the credits on IMDb listed as Lobster Man. Which I enjoyed. Great. That's great. Um, the Patty Smith song that plays towards the end during this insane montage uh, one was nominated for an Oscar. So this is an Oscar nominated <laughs> movie, Junior. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's cool. Ada, Ada Turturro as Danny DeVito's secretary, uh, not secretary, or I guess secretary or receptionist at, the, at his office. I always appreciate seeing her. She's in The Sopranos. She's a she's she plays a fantastic character in The Sopranos. She plays a, a great foil to Tony Soprano, um, and so I I really enjoy every time she shows up on screen. I really enjoy her. Also, just worthy of note, uh, as far as cool timing things, Aerosmith plays a heavy role in this movie. Uh, this past week, Aerosmith announced their farewell tour uh, this summer. I don't know. I just thought that the timing was <laughs> yeah. I just thought the timing was kind of funny. Um, yeah, interesting little time capsule horrible. if you watch this movie right now. Horrible band, horrible <laughs> band of horrible people. 
uh, it's not an endorsement of Aerosmith. It's more just endorsement of me being interested in the timing of things lining up. Degenerate <laughs> sex pests who are not fit to walk the streets. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, uh, anything else on Junior? Um, I think that might be it. Yeah, that might be it. Yeah. All right. Uh, what have you been watching lately? We loved uh, okay, Junior. So, Weird that we loved Junior. Yeah. yeah, loved it. It was a great run through Man Playing God. Great films. Truman Show, Splice, and... Which Junior. one was the best? I don't know. Hard to say. <laughs> okay, yeah. It's not for us to decide. So, yeah, but recently watched, uh, rewatched Terminator and Terminator 2... Uh, don't know why I felt like doing it, but I felt like doing it. And then I saw that Conan the Barbarian you know what? was they, on they, Netflix. They did have, sorry, they had a missed opportunity where they could have had an abortion and he could have said, <laughs> he could have made a terminated joke. <laughs> missed opportunity. Yeah, he could have. Definitely could have done that. <laughs> could have versus should have. He could have shown the baby, uh, given a thumbs up yeah. or something. <laughs> putting on the glasses, yeah. putting on the Ray Bans. All right, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I recently watched uh, Conan the Barbarian for the first time. It's a very early Schwarzenegger movie. The, the one that they say sort of was his breakout role, the one that sort of def- made him, solidified him as a star, and it's fantastic. I'd never seen it. Um, James Earl Jones is the Snake King. Tulsa Doom is is really great. It's also, like, really philosophical and has, like, odd themes. Like, it starts off with a Nietzsche quote, what doesn't kill you only makes you stronger. So I think that kind of sets the tone of like the sort of vibe that you're going to be getting. I yeah, really loved watching it. I want to rewatch it. I need to check out the sequel. Um, I've heard the sequel's not as good, but I do like like I do like Conan the Barbarian. Uh, have you seen it? I have not. I threw it on one night and then I fell asleep. Gotcha. <laughs> so, yeah, I've not seen it. It's got it's got some good stuff if, if you have time to sort of stick it out and revisit it. But I think that's a, a good one. Um, yeah. Like been watching all sorts of tough guy movies, and I think yeah, between after watching Conan the Barbarian, both Terminator films, and Junior, Schwarzenegger is edged out as like the supreme tough yeah. guy. So Starry Stallone, you were my favorite for January and February, but after this recent run, it's been very. Cool. Are there who are the shirtless tough guys now? It's like Jason Momoa. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, Jason Momoa. The um, Rock. The Rock's kind of old. Too. Oh yeah, yeah, Dwayne Johnson for sure. Yeah, like that. That was kind of one of the key guys because yeah, Fast Five, him and Vin Diesel just, just Vin Diesel. Uh, <laughs> Vin Diesel put the shirt back on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's he's definitely up there. Um, yeah, anytime character gets shot and doesn't flinch, I'm like, yeah, yeah. tough guy, fucking tough, tough guy, um, tough guys. But Yeah, but James Earl Jones. Yeah, James Earl Jones as Tulsa Doom elevates Conan the Barbarian to a nice other cool little territory little level. It makes it very nice, has a nice little campiness. Um, watched Bo is Afraid on tough guy. Tuesday. Tough guy Bo. Another tough, <laughs> another tough guy film. He's got to be tough to deal with the things that he was dealing with. Uh, so yeah, and you mentioned it on the last episode, and you sort of gave your little vague review, but now we can sort of talk uh, more openly about it. I really enjoyed mm-hmm. it. Um, but it, yeah, it is a, a very strange movie. Um, yeah. <laughs> and the thing, everything you said is definitely accurate about how it's about the agony of this human existence. And Ari Aster is definitely a humanist in a very dark way. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of people have been saying, yeah, this movie is about anxiety, but I want to revisit it more and dig deeper. Cause clearly that is at large what it is talking about, but I feel like there's a lot of other weird things going on under the hood of this movie. And so I feel like just saying it's just about anxiety seems a little unfair because it does feel like a puzzle. It's about like guilt and wanting to be a good son and worried that you're not going to be a good son and the fear of navigating the world without your mother and yeah. loving your mother and hating your mother. And <laughs> yeah. No, it's just like the, the meta-ness of it and just thinking about it I don't know. It's a movie that makes me just think about it a lot, and I've been looking up theories of like what it what it could possibly be meaning or alluding to, or like just the movie as a whole. It's like there's a lot of things happening where it's like it's clear like there's like a plot happening in this world, but some people have been thinking about like maybe 
there's this is an illusion it's something we're witnessing a world but you know he's experiencing something in his own reality and we're just seeing a, a very strange depiction of that see, like maybe he's yeah i see i've seen not not, not into that stuff you're not into that no. kind of stuff <laughs> like i see gotcha. people saying like oh i think after this scene everything's a dream or something like that or like oh after the scene it's all in his head or maybe he died in this scene and it's like no just just engage with the mood like I think well, isn't that engaging with the movie? <laughs> I don't like. I don't know why we have to come up with these theories, because it's 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 crazy from the beginning. It's not like it becomes yeah. crazy like partway through. It's always crazy. Um, yeah. It, I mean, I don't I don't find a problem with like doing that to a movie. I think that's that counts as engaging with the movie. I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm so, I, sorry. I don't have like a better way of uh, articulating. No, it's fine. I just think that, yeah, I I just think that, like, coming up with a theory for, like, something where something is very bizarre is happening, coming up with a theory. But it's like we're trying to rationalize it. We're trying to make sense of it. We're trying to apply an external logic to it rather than engaging with it with the logic, the internal logic, I I feel like. Gotcha. Okay, okay, Uh, okay. Gotcha. It's like projecting, kind of. Yeah, it's like... It's like you couldn't possibly accept that the world is as it is in the movie so you have to come up with some excuse or some reason for it being that way um i don't know like because on one hand it's like that is what the movie is it is it is externalizing the interior experience of the character we are experiencing a heightened world because that is the emotional uh experience of navigating even the the real world <laughs> like it's yes, just yes but yeah. everything is heightened because it it the only way to express what how how fucking scary the world can be how scary it is to think about um you know outliving your mother but never being free of her because of the guilt that you feel about it, whether or not you were actually a good son and like <laughs> like all the only way to adequately express the emotional experience of all of these feelings is to create a world that is incredibly heightened um and lock your audience in it for three hours uh i don't know is that does that make sense no that it does make sense yeah i think i just uh i am uh kind of looking at it on both sides of the aisle where i'm just like i i do understand that 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 train of thought but i'm also like i I do appreciate stoking the fire of people being like, well, what about this? What about this? I'm kind of, I'm, I'm down for those kind of theories because I think that is where we sort of get into really interesting territory and like conversations about these movies because seeing it just one way is, is, is totally fine. But I, I really like the idea of being like, well, like, like seeing, like hearing someone like totally out of left field and being like, well, I saw this completely differently and I, I'm looking at this from, something maybe they are projecting their own like thing onto it but i think that allows it to sort of unfold in a way that is very fascinating yeah i think maybe i'm thinking of like specific things i saw and that is why i'm having such a repulsed <laughs> reaction uh i i, I, I i'm sure yeah. yeah there are plenty of like people reading into it and offering interpretations and stuff that are enlightening and uh you know allow you to look at things from different angles um yeah i, I do i I do understand how it can feel reductive. How it can be like, well, it's just about this. Like, you know, he's just in a mental hospital or he's just, you know, in a dream. You know, that that can be very reductive and very boring in the same way of just seeing it as one way. Yeah. Because it's like, I don't know, like, it, does the text support that? Or, I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, saying saying shit is is all just a dream is usually really lazy and really <laughs> yeah. boring. And like the, like the worst way, that's often the worst way to analyze a film. And that's often like, when someone says that, I'm like, no, like, please don't let that just be the only thing. It's like, like you, it's like reading a poem and that is like full of like flowery language and is really expressive and indirect. And then your your interpretation is, uh, yeah, it's written from a guy who's crazy, <laughs> like he doesn't yeah. know how to write. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I just like the the uh, the spark that sort of that leads to that train of thought I, I appreciate that kind of that spark because i'm like you know stuff like the matrix is just like yeah the more we can sort of get crazy and theories and like unfold it and 
Yeah, I think that just makes the movie more valuable and it makes the conversation more valuable, even if those theories are fucking stupid. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like, it being about, uh, like, trans issues has become an interesting reading on it. Um, but that's the not... Matrix or the Matrix or Those Afraid. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But also that's not, like... Well, actually, Neo's trans, like, literally, <laughs> within yeah. the movie. Yeah, It's yeah. like, no, no, this is... <laughs> you can offer an interpretation and a way of reading it, but... It, 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 literally that's not what's happening in the movie um, yeah totally totally understand yeah i just I, I appreciate when a movie can do that and i think that's that's the main uh the nugget i'm trying to get to is like when you can have something like uh so if i zoom out a bit look at uh sort of hereditary and midsummer it's like those sort of have a similar kind of dna where it's a, like a horror movie that's kind of like about these anxieties or these feelings but they sort of have like a moment within the first 30 minutes where things fucking shoot off after that moment. I'm not going to spoil them here if you haven't seen it, but after those moments, it's very clear like things are going to be ramping up. And here it's more of just like a lot of just madness and a lot of just like uncertainty and strangeness. And I just really appreciate that. I'd love that it's his own meta kind of exploration into like what he thinks is interesting and like him addressing his own kind of form i, I found all of it really great and um just loved it. what was your what was it like at the theater were there a lot of people there um uh, very strange i saw this on the five dollar night at the pleasant hill theater near my house and it was me and a group of like six other teenage dudes in there but they were oddly very respectful they didn't speak during the movie they were very quiet they laugh and yes yeah, um not really i had some i was doing most of the, the laughing um it was yeah very strange viewing um yeah we saw it like so i i saw this with the same crowd i saw infinity pool with um For sure. which was a couple of Emily's friends, very lively, uh, and Emily yeah. very can be very lively during a movie. Um, yeah. So her and her two friends were just like cracking up during Bo is Afraid, and uh, especially early on, just like all the city stuff, like the corpse and the, yeah, the yeah. corpse <laughs> and the and the uh, intersections, so good. Um, but by the end of the movie. They, like there were no walkouts. Like there were like plenty of people behind us. Uh, and by the end of the movie, everyone felt like they were kind of like cracking up and like cackling throughout this movie. Uh, yeah, having a great time. Um, it was a little long. I, I definitely felt the uh, runtime within the last twenty minutes. Um, yeah, yeah. After the climax of the movie, there is a climax in this movie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm referring to. Um, <laughs> and yes. yeah basically after that point i started to check out a little bit because it just kind of dragged on for me quite a bit yeah but um yeah i don't know man uh, like do you so so i i think i had said on the previous episode that this was perhaps the craziest movie i've ever seen in a the theater um mm -hmm, yeah. do you feel that way uh kind of i yeah i would agree with it somewhat i'm trying to remember i feel like mm, yeah, I, I would say you, you see, between this and I, the last time I felt this way was like with Uncut Gems, but oh, that's like yeah. a different, similar but like a different. Yeah, different crazy. That's just like tense. Yeah, uh, I, yeah I, I that had was such that, a good time with Uncut Gems. Yeah, I feel like yeah, the audience was sort of crucial. I saw it in a basically an empty theater. Mm -hmm. I saw Uncut Gems in a full Grand Lake theater with my homie, uh, and it was just like an incredible ex theater yeah. experience. I think I saw I saw Uncut at New Parkway. Um, that was fun because like people sit on couches and stuff, and you could see them. You could see it getting yeah. them, um, yeah, starting yeah. to curl up on the couch. Um, but yeah, but I was afraid. Uh, um, and then uh, lastly, last thing I want to mention. Um, so I have my IMDb poster. I've been going mm -hmm. through it, working through. It. I have like seven movies left. I'm getting down to the wire. I watched a, a like thirty minutes into a Billy Wilder film called Witness for the Prosecution. Um, and I want to mention this because I was watching it the other day and a weird thing happened, which doesn't happen very often. As a hip hop fan, I found like a sample, for, like mm. there's like a, a group 
called Mad Villainy. Mad Villainy is composed of MF Doom and Mad Lib. Mad Lib is a very prolific producer known for his sampling techniques, known to fly to Russia, Brazil, all over the world to go to obscure record shops, to buy records, just to go crate digging to find obscure samples. That's the context. So in Mad Villainy, which is uh, considered one of the greatest hip hop albums and greatest albums of all time, there's tons and tons of samples woven into this album. Uh, and so discovering one of those randomly in a movie felt kind of special. Usually like finding a hip hop sample in the wild is always like a cool nerd kind of moment, especially if the sample is obscure. Um, so the sample in question is two people saying, how do you do to each other? So I was really like kind of blew my mind. And I was like, it kind of popped up randomly in this movie and I had like this great hip hop nerd moment when I was like, that is exactly the same. How do you do? Um, that is used yeah. in this mad villain song and this is this great uh, intersection of my interest but also just like the the magic of what i think what makes hip-hop so special is like these like treasure maps like these like little treasure hunts that you can get of like trying to find where these things are from and stumbling upon it on accident was just like amazing and so just had like a, <laughs> like i posted it on my story and some of my friends who like are like big mf doom fans they were like holy shit like that's amazing <laughs> that you like discovered that and so got a little bit of a confirmation from some other hip-hop heads and i was like yes i found a sample so it, very happy it's cool that. because it's like engage like one of the great uh, this has been coming up in regards to a, it's conversations about ai art and stuff lately but like um when you engage with art you're engaging with a person um yeah you're understanding what they value um you know what they care about and what's interesting what's cool about like hip-hop sampling is you're not just engaging with the work that they've created but you're directly engaging with uh influences and you can yeah. it is like did you say it was like a treasure map is that what you just said it's like a treasure like a hunt treasure essentially because yeah. with some samples it's like oh that's james brown that's obvious but then there's some with like mad lib where it's like you can't tell like that's a russian you know some random thing like you know it's impossible to just like know it <laughs> so yeah. yeah you can engage with the work and then you can immediately engage with what inspired the work uh directly um yeah yeah versus like a lot of other you know if i do a painting or something you don't necessarily know what inspired it um i, I would have to tell you <laughs> um, yeah, yeah but uh yeah i don't know the transform transformative quality of like sampling and stuff it's yeah it's pretty interesting um, yeah it's very i think it's really powerful because yeah it's like you have the ability to hide things and especially in yeah. the world of hip-hop where it's like you're borrowing sample and you're borrowing music so there is this weird gray area legally of like oh are you reappropriating it are you remixing it are you like you know how much are you changing it how much of it is original there's this the debate has continued on even till this past week where ed sheeran won a lawsuit against marvin gaye's estate over this whole debate over was his melody too similar to his and so th this is a conversation happening right now and i yeah it's, i a lot of hip-hop people are very they take pride in their obscurity and so to, to find something amidst that obscurity randomly while i was watching this set movie from 57 i was just like i almost brought a tear to my eyes like this is this is great this is like why i'm on earth this is the shit that i fucking love and so i was very happy uh, that's the last thing i need to mention uh, what have you been watching? um well real quick yeah something that that kind of reminds me of what you were just talking about is um david lynch's uh whole thing about creativity being like catching fish and how um hmm. the way he sees it i i hope i'm describing this accurately the way he sees it is every idea that can ever anyone can ever have uh it exists out there it already exists out there and it's all about you uh seeking those ideas just as if you were casting out a line and going fishing and so you have to catch the fish you have to catch the idea and you could take that that fish you catch and you could turn into bait and you can go deeper you can go deeper and deeper mm. and catch bigger and bigger deeper fish and the more the deeper you go the more complex these creatures become um and then once you catch one you're satisfied with it's all about what are you going to do with it how are you going to prepare it how are you going to prepare it and serve it um wow. so that. it's like these sample 
these these artists they're finding these samples they're finding these fish that already exist out there and they're preparing it and they are serving it and if you're just serving the fish plain you didn't do shit <laughs> you didn't do shit yeah, with yeah. that <laughs> yeah like so that's maybe that's when we get into like what is the transformative quality of like manipulating these samples and like turning them into something else turning them into a, yeah. a larger work um that's great. I love that. Oh, uh, before I pass it fully, I should mention the song is called Bistro. I should mention the name of the song. So the person listening to this isn't fucking losing their mind. Being like, I don't know what song to go look for. The movie is called Witness for the Prosecution. And the song is called Bistro off the album Mad Villainy. Okay, that's it. Um, okay, what have I been watching lately? I watched On a Plane. Um, I watched the movie Another Round starring Mads Ooh, Mikkelsen. Did yeah. you see that? Hell yeah, love that. Um, yeah, so what what another round is about, it's um, these teachers, I believe it's four teachers. Uh, one of them, they're out having dinner, having some drinks, and one of them mentions he heard this, uh, this theory that people uh, naturally have a negative blood alcohol content. And you need a little bit of... You need to drink a little bit of alcohol, get your <laughs> blood alcohol level up a little bit so that you can normalize yourself and that you can operate, um, you know, to your full potential. And so they decide, okay, well, let's put this to the test. So they all get breathalyzers. They all start drinking throughout the day, making sure they hit a very specific blood alcohol content. Uh, and they do this while they're teaching. And they find yeah. that they it works <laughs> like they become better <laughs> teachers uh and they become you know happier in their home lives etc cetera, etc cetera. it's it's all around better uh until yeah. it isn't <laughs> because <laughs> yeah, uh, there is a trajectory to this movie it goes in the direction you absolutely expect it to um but yeah really great <laughs> like really great i was like completely absorbed by this movie on a plane unfortunately um but yeah i had a great time um Matt Mickelson is he he does this dance in the movie that yeah. this man must be in incredible shape to be pulling off these moves uh because I yeah. don't think it was a double uh, I was watching on a small no, he, screen so I, I didn't have the best view but I, I'm pretty sure it was him um yeah yeah I would believe it um so this week another film on my IMDB poster another film by Thomas Vinterberg was on that list a movie called the hunt um also starring Matt mickelson um but very very sad uh, it's not not uh not as like uh, another round's kind of fun especially like it has they, there's some lows but overall especially the ending like i love uh should we get into the spoilers i don't want to spoil it completely but just the ending shot is just really fun and just the way that it sort of builds up yeah it's like it's a very great great feeling um yeah the hunt is about uh, uh abuse accusation and so it's very sad it's like the whole town just turning on him um but yeah it's funny that yeah it's sort of th that kind of thing that uh collaboration sort of thing where it's like a big director and a big actor from that region sort of working together regularly yeah another round is uh it is the movie version of that Simpsons quote where it's like alcohol is the cause and solution to all of life's problems <laughs> yeah um, yes but yeah so i watched another round uh, i also watched the mummy on the flight the brendan fraser one um gotcha. holds up pretty pretty good yeah. like a nice just fun adventure i remember when i was a kid i wasn't really that into it um i think i saw some special about like how the special effects were going to be revolutionary or something and so when i went to see it as a kid i was like that doesn't look that great <laughs> um but now as an adult i'm watching and i'm like this holds up really really well um yeah i, I need to rewatch it i think some of the it, it's very just like cliche kind of typical stuff with like brendan fraser this action hero um you know there's a damsel in distress unfortunately uh it's yeah rachel rachel wise is as the uh, love interest um their yes. chemistry feels a little forced but it, it does work but it's just like these it, it's ridiculous <laughs> um, but uh you just kind of have to go into it looking for some like hammy fun um yeah and it totally functions for that um so yeah watch the mummy still 
Yeah, I need to. I need to revisit. Yeah, it, my friends were big on it. <laughs> uh, yeah, if you know what you're in for, if you're on board to get into that thing, totally good time. Um, and then, uh, te- uh, yesterday or the night before uh, was the release of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom. So yeah. I just started that. Uh, do you have a Switch? Nice. I okay. do. Did Did you start it? No, I'm uh, very behind on my Switch okay. playing. I think I play my Switch like once every like eight months, which is yeah. I haven't touched so. it in a long time. Ever since I got the Steam Deck, I've like not touched much. Um, but yeah, Tears yeah. of the Kingdom, bought it uh, day one, and I can confirm it is good. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is yeah. Breath of the Wild with. Uh, I don't know how many hours in I am. I'm probably only like four hours in, maybe not even that. Um, but they still haven't introduced the, what do you call it? The kite, um, the, mm-hmm. you know, whatever you use to go, sco- go soaring through the sky and breath of the wild. <laughs> uh, yeah, they have yet to introduce that in this game. I'm hoping that it makes a return because I'm kind of desperate to use it. Um, but I think the reason they've withheld it is so that you are forced to get creative with your navigation because a big part of this game is they introduced this, um, mechanic called ultra hand where you can pick up objects in the environment, combine them together and make your own little machines and mechanisms. Um, genius. (laughs) Yes. Like you can chop down a couple of trees, put them together uh, find a sail on the ground conveniently right next to these trees, <laughs> attach it. You got yourself a little boat, go sailing. Uh, you can pick up these little, there are these little fans that you'll find lying around, pick them up, attach it to a piece of wood, uh, attach some wheels to that piece of wood. And now you got yourself a little car you're driving around. Um, yeah. Little things like that. You could pick up uh, another piece of wood, attach four fans to it, stand on top, aim those fans at the ground, stand on top, hit it. Now you're flying through the air. Um, Built yeah. yourself a little elevator, basically. Um, so much stuff. So many room. So much room for activity. Yeah, it's very rewarding for puzzle solving because you, yeah, you're met with a puzzle. You know, you know what needs to happen. You don't know how you're going to get there, so you just look around and see, like, okay, what can I do? Uh, I need to. Can I build a bridge from here to there? Uh, can I build a ladder? Um, yeah, so so far good time. Um, nice. Not as weird as I was hoping because I was I was kind of hoping they would do a thing where it's like Ocarina of Time to Majora's Mask, how they got like very weird yeah. with it. Um, but yeah, it, this feels more less less about like pivoting and more about expanding. Um, which is cool. Yeah, when I saw the trailer for it, I was very skeptical. Um, Breath of the Wild was an awesome experience, but it is not without its faults. Mm-hmm. There's some things about that game that people were very vocal about changing. The weapon decoration. Um, one, of which, yeah, one of which is the weapons breaking. Um, st- I heard so much about that from my friends. I was like, just shut the fuck yeah. up and just don't play really the game. Like, if, it's, if it's annoying, just stop I playing. I mostly yeah. just threw bombs around at guys and like, yeah. took their health down like tiny bit after tiny bit. It's like maybe the game is hinting you don't use swords all the time, you fucking barbarian. <laughs> like it's like, God damn it, like those conversations were so annoying. And so when the trailer came out and they showed the God hand thing, I just did a, a soft little golf clap because I was like, Nintendo, whoever came up with that idea, give them a raise, send them to Fiji, give them a vacation, because that's a brilliant, genius, small addition just to make the well, entire world uh, even bigger sandbox. I, I have, like, an abundance of weapons now. Like, I'm constantly having to throw weapons away because I'm finding new stuff. And so, yeah, there's this element called fuse, uh, which is another power you have. You can fuse two items together. So I pick up a stick, fuse it with a rock. Now I got a stick with a rock. <laughs> uh, so it's like a, I could either attack guys with a stick or now I can attack guys with this, like, hammer that I've created. And the hammer has greater durability. It's not going to break immediately. Um but then, yeah, it's great. but then there's this other thing they introduced called, uh, I don't remember what it's called, but they, they have this ability where you can like warp through the ceiling. So like, let's say I am, <laughs> let's say I am, uh, in a cave and I'm like, I just want to get out of this cave. I like jump into the ceiling of the cave and I crawl through it until I'm on top of the mountain. Um, huh, that's cool. I think you can do that. I haven't actually done it in the cave, but like I've done it mm. like 
you know, you go into a building, I want to end up on the roof of the building sort of thing. Uh, and it is limited. It has to be like, I don't know, maybe like 20 feet above you in order for you to, cause you, I, Link is jumping yeah. into this thing. <laughs> like, gotcha. uh, yeah, so, yeah. so yeah, there is a limit to how high up it can be. But, uh, yeah, that, that I, I'm really interested in the ways that all of these different mechanics are going to just break the game. Like what are speed going to be doing? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Because I'm pretty sure I've already like sequence broke once and like ended up in a place I wasn't supposed to. Um, oh, gotta love it fuck that sequence yeah. i'm testing a game for work right now and i have the ability to press the cheat button to do that so i was breaking my own game while playing it and realizing i was like i should actually be playing this because i'm going to get the dialogue and i was just just skipping through furiously like a child gotta love it gotta love it should we roll some dice oh to gosh, see yeah. next see i have a piece of the die in my hand i have the uh, the list in front how of are me. we feeling about the list is there anything that uh, we want to add here? Switch out. Um. Well, twenty-one and twenty-nine. I mean, it's uh, a twenty-sided okay. die, so. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. No, yeah, I think it's fine. Just gonna give it a roll. Three. Oh no, that we already. Oh, okay. oh yeah, we played it. <laughs> playing God. Playing God again. Okay. Playing God. Uh, I'll remove that. Which one of these ones on the we... bottom do we want to add? Um, underdogs. underdogs? Okay. Underdogs. Yeah. Okay. So that's not what we're doing. We're just adding it to the the location that yeah. playing God was in. Okay. Let's let's roll the die. Big money, no whammies. One coming of coming age. Of age. Hmm. Coming of age. Seems kind of a boring one. <laughs> <laughs> re-roll we re-roll no 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 we'll stick with it <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm sure we could come up with something cool uh, um, yeah I just watched coming of age movie but not gonna recommend it but some I know of like where like my mind is kind of going towards after watching something like Cinema Paradiso mm. I'm thinking some kind of like something about the magic of growing up maybe something amblin maybe some, something from yeah is there the something that like immediately comes to mind as a comic of age movie like stand by me is like one of the first things i think of yeah, yeah that's a good one um yeah i have to ponder it because i think of a lot of different like there's a lot of ways to do coming of age like Super bad was one of the ones I think of because that was my quote unquote coming of age movie like in high school. But then I don't know, maybe something like even like the Lion King kind of counts, right? It's like you're sort of growing up into from a boy to a man. Every movie <laughs> where of, yeah, like every movie kind of has that where the main character's parents are murdered. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, let's see. I'm, I'm I'm trying to see if there's any movies that are like coming of middle age. I think that's interesting. Um, mid 90s. I've never seen mid 90s. I'd be down to watch it. I like that. it. I've always been curious. Yeah, I like it. Do you want to do that? Are, are we are we set? Yeah. Um, I, I can also read some other ones that just showed up in Google. There's like uh, Lady Bird is one, Moon Knight. Moon Knight? Is another one. Uh, moonlight, moonlight, <laughs> moonlight is one. Eighth grade, boys in the hood, days and confuse, Goodwill Hunting. Hmm. I'm a big fan of Boys in the Hood. Boys in the Hood, I like that one too. I, um, yeah, back in the day, we, me and Max were trying to start a podcast. We did a Boys in the Hood episode. I don't know. Yeah. And I wasn't called. <laughs> no. Friendship over. <laughs> I'm trying to think of how long ago that was. That's, that's a long time ago. Um, yeah, but I think mid-90s is a good place to start because it has, it's good. It's 824, Jonah Hill. Um, we both grew up in the mid-90s. Yes. Or just in the 90s, I guess, in general. <laughs> I just want to hear that soundtrack. Yeah. yeah. All right. So yeah, oh. mid mid nineties. All right, sweet. Okay, 
Well, well, well. This has been a run of man playing God. Want a, a quick rundown? It was Truman Show, Splice, and Junior. And so now we are moving on to Coming of Age. Mm-hmm. What will become of Junior? <laughs> Only Man, Jonah if, Hill. If any movie deserve. <laughs> if any movie on the planet Earth deserves a, a legacy sequel and <laughs> a return to theater run, thirty-five uh, millimeter, it needs to be. Junior. It, I mean, maybe the new Beverly <laughs> will play it or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sequel with Danny DeVito as pregnant would have been good. Bring him and Schwarzenegger back. Also need to bring Schwarzenegger back for Conan 3. We need to have a King Conan movie. Need to do it. Pregnant Conan? <laughs> that's that's a fanfic, I'm sure. Hey now, hey now. Pregnant Conan. This, this podcast is just a gold mine of ideas. It writes yeah. itself. Yeah, this has been episode 124. If you'd like to contact us, you can email us, vaguezonepod at gmail.com. Let us know what you're watching. If you have questions, comments, concerns, or theme suggestions, let us know. Tweet at us at vaguezone on the Twitter. Let us know what you're watching. Yeah, this has been 124. We will see you next time with Coming of Age. I'm one of your hosts, Thomas. And I am Daniel. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. Cool. Conan the Pregnant Barbarian.